Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one ranked show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today, we're going to talk some ball, man. We got Texas and Alabama on the docket. We got all the general booty, and we got the slept on candidates for 2022 most impactful transfer. I am so excited to get at this, so we're going to jump right into it. With the news coming on Monday. Look, one of the cool things about working at Fox is that you get really great games to watch on Fox, on Big Fox. And now, we know for sure, Alabama is going to travel to Austin to play Texas on what I suspect is going to be a big noon game, right? Number one, hey Texas, get some sleep because you kick it at 11 a.m. on September 10th. I think I'd be shocked if they were not because, frankly... That's an awesome game. I'm I'm so excited about this because not to get ahead of myself, but like the booty storyline, this is juicy. Okay? Like I'm having so much fun with this. So let's start with this. We got Alabama and Texas playing for the first time since the 2010 BCS championship game. You might also know that one as the year for which Nick Saban descended upon the moons with his Death Star and said, no, I run this. There is no Skywalker coming to save you. This is mine now. And he did it over Texas's dead body. All right? Texas fans feel some kind of way about this because they're like, hey, if Colt McCoy does not get hurt, perhaps Texas wins that game instead of losing at 37-21. To which I would say, you couldn't protect your winningest quarterback? You couldn't protect the dude that's named after a horse at the 40 acres? Sam. Garrett Gilbert came in, got waxed because that Alabama defense was like that. It didn't even matter that Greg McElroy was a quarterback. You could have put me at quarterback for Alabama. Still going to run people down, okay? So Texas has that staring back at them while also getting to say, hey, we're 7-1-1 against Alabama all the time. I put that out there because I thought that enough people would be in on the joke on the tweets. As I said, thought you should know. But apparently... Some of y'all Bama and SEC stands took that rather seriously and to heart. It's like about, yo, RJ, I went and checked on the dates for these games, and it's been some decades. Want to say it was like William McKinley, who was the last president, the last time that Texas beat Alabama, to which I'm going, the best take is always going to be a fact that people want to argue. It's what I built the whole show and my whole being around find a fact 
that people want to argue. And that is one. Seven, one, and one. And then we get off that, off the rip, we got Sarkeesian versus Saban. You'll know Steve Sarkeesian was the last offense coordinator at Alabama to win a national championship. You'll also remember they went 13-0, and 0, which led to him getting the job on the 40 acres. It's not just Sarkeesian that is there, though. It is also quite a few former Bama staffers and former Bama players. Now, I thought one of the things that was most interesting about all of that is that I'm not totally sure that of all those dudes, the one that is going to have the most to say is actually Quinn Ewers. Okay? Now, let me walk this out. Number one, we got the best quarterback to come out of Texas in quite some time. First, we had Ewers commit to Ohio State, reclassify to go order or early, excuse me, re- reportedly take a million dollars in name, image, and likeness money only to transfer back home to Austin to play where everybody thought he should be playing the first time after leading the South Lake Carroll Dragons to a state championship appearance, right? So now you have that dude who is on the short list of the six players who achieved a 1.000 rating according to the 247 composite. Like another former Texas quarterback named Vince Young. So all that, and you have Quinn Ewers in a position to lead Texas to its biggest win since Vince Young took down SC in the 05 championship game. I remember watching Vince strut into the end zone. I remember the rose in his teeth. And I remember thinking, they just beat the best team I've ever seen. That 05 USC team with the homie Matt, the homie Reggie. You know the group that was there. And I'm saying, did I think anybody else would match that? Well, we've seen 2018 Clemson. We've seen 2019 LSU. And now we have seen 2020 Alabama. Dudes that were on that team are not only coming to the 40 acres, they've already transferred to the 40 acres. All right, so start with this. Jaleel Billingsley is probably going to be starting at tight end for Texas against his former team. And I'm going to hit on Jaleel pretty hard here later on in the show, but I want to leave you with this. Jaleel Billingsley is a tight end who was returning kicks in the SEC and National Championship game in 2020. Okay? I'm trying to tell you, Jaleel Billingsley was returning kicks when you had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle on the roster. Hello? I don't know how else to tell you that that is a freak athlete at tight end that I can't wait to watch play again, specifically against Alabama, for which, you know, Nick Saban has had some things to say about some of the dudes that quote-unquote shed from his program. It's not uncommon for Alabama players to transfer. It is kind of uncommon for Nick Saban to say stuff about the dudes in particular who choose to transfer, okay? You're also talking about an Alabama football team that he feels really, really good about. I've always led with this. If Nick Saban feels good about his roster come preseason camp, Everybody should be on 11 because he feels like he's going to run y'all down. He feels good about this roster after spring football. 
Talk about there's no complainers. Everybody is on the same page. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. He feels like he's about to absolutely do another 2020 on folks. And wouldn't he love to do that against a dude that I believe is going to be pretty doggone good in 2022? And for which I'm on a short list of people saying, hey, I think Tech's going to be pretty good. To which I got one particular bit of pushback, which I can see. Kind of like USC. I don't know what the offensive line situation is going to totally look like. But if it's halfway decent and you can stay long enough to, you know, exist between the snap and handing B. John Robinson the ball, exist between the snap, the play action pass, and B. John Robinson, and then Xavier Worthy or Isaiah Nair or maybe a Jai Hall. Like, enroll, dude. All right. So for those of y'all who don't know, a Jai took down his social media post that had all the Texas stuff on it. And his seven on seven coach having to come out here and tell everybody, I expect him to be enrolled in Texas by the end of the month. To which I'm going, fine. But here's the thing, though. They had Jordan Addison just down there visiting, which means that a stupid, awesome uh, receiving core, not trio, receiving core could be even more awesome. I'm excited for all of this, right? I'm also looking at this going, Bryce Young is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Think about this. You got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner going to Texas. In a game that might be as pivotal, pivotal, the word is pivotal, as the 2019 LSU at Texas game. Remember that? That was a game it felt like Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger should have, could have won. Probably flips around the entire trajectory of not just that season, but those two, uh, that player and that coach in particular. I think that this game is going to be as pivotal, got it this time, as that game was. Plus, there's still some room for growth for Bryce, right? Sometimes he looked indecisive. Like, you got to be able to go carve up an Auburn team that wasn't very good, and he wasn't able to do that, right? Now, Cincinnati being one thing, because Cincinnati had an outstanding defense, and then Georgia, right, showing you what's really good. So you can still frustrate him. But the Texas defense has a long way before we start comparing them to even Cincinnati in 2021, let alone Georgia in 2021. I understand that. But I expect Pete Kukowski to be about it. I also expect not just Steve Sarkeesian, but the assistants that he hired away from Alabama to be emptying their notebooks of what they can tell everybody about their offense and defense and special teams out there at Bama. Let's not forget, Kyle Flood was offense coordinator on that 2020, uh, excuse me, offensive line coach on that 2020 national championship team. He's now the offensive coordinator and O-line coach at Texas. Jeff Banks, Coach special teams tight ends. Coach special teams tight ends. It's almost as if Texas would love to get a monkey off of their back with a win against Alabama, which would lead everybody to believe what I think, which is Texas is on its way back, right? Now, it's hard to say that after going 5-7, and seven, losing Kansas and Austin. I understand that. Two things on that. One, that game was awesome. And while I had a very good time dunking on Texas because I'm an Oklahoma fan, I enjoyed watching that game. And also, you know how I feel about Lance Leipold. Like, that man's going to figure it out at Kansas. I, everything on that. I will put everything on that. That man is an outstanding coach. So it's not as if Steve Sarkeesian lost to a dude that, frankly, wasn't just destroying people at the lower levels and then went to Buffalo and turned them into world beaters. It's going to be just a matter of time. Because remember, Kansas is Kansas. But it wasn't like 15 years ago that they're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, ranked like number three in the country. You can do those things at Kansas if you want to. 
I know I'm making excuses for a Texas team that also lost in quadruple overtime to Oklahoma while they sat Spencer Rattler and brought Spencer Rattler back in to go finish the game, as much as many people don't want to forget. Like, he actually won that game, even as Caleb Williams got them back into the game. I'm saying, if things had gone well for Texas, we'd be talking about a team that might have been 8-5 and five or even 9-4, and guess it'd be 9-4, and four, as opposed to 5-7, and seven, right? I think that... I'm going to be talking about Texas in this way for the foreseeable future. Then we'll see what games are played and what people look like because, hey, Arkansas also gave them a game. Arkansas ended up being a nine-win team, right? Arkansas ended up being one of the better teams in the SEC and the SEC West, period. Arkansas ended up beating A&M. A&M beating Alabama. You see how I can get this here, right? We can, we can talk ourselves in or I can talk myself into Texas being good because I can look at the roster and be like, yeah, man. You should be able to bird box me and have me point at Steve Sarkeesian's play card and I should still be able to get up about 500 yards a game. Just put the blindfold on, have me going any meeny, miny, mo, and that ought to be able to work because they're that talented at Texas. Now, it's also Bama. But I'm also going to say this. Pete Golding, who I really like, right, who's from the Ron Roberts School of Defense, Ron Roberts is the defense coordinator at Baylor. Dave Aranda learned from Ron Roberts. Also, Dave Aranda has been a world beater at Baylor. Come on, y'all. Put the dots together. Stay woke here. Pete is going to figure it out if he hasn't already. But they look kind of suspect. I say that, but he's got perhaps the number one overall pick in Will Anderson coming off the edge. All right? He's got Dallas Turner coming off the edge. All right? He's got Henry Tooto coming back. All right? He also added Eli Ricks from LSU. It's going to be a game, baby. I'm so excited about this. Like, yes. Oh, all right. So, obviously, I'm fired up about it. But please let me know in the comments of the YouTube channel or on the tweets what you think about it. But I also want to get back into this. It wasn't that long ago. Matter of fact, it's last week. That our man's Nick Saban went on a local SEC radio show. I'm joking. Paul Feinbaum's show is enormous. I'm making a joke there. Please don't lose your mind over that. But he did say of his own volition that he wanted parody college football. So I got the full quote here. All right. And I want to make sure that everybody gets the full understanding of what he said. Because I don't want to take this out of context at all. The quote is, one of the things I like to see us be able to work back to is everything in college football has always had parity. I don't think we have that balance right now, which could affect the parity of college football and college athletics as a whole. I know we've got a lot of good people working on it, and I'm sure... They'll come up with a good solution. Child, please. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right here. I don't think he knows where... I should say this. I think he wanted to use a different word there. I'm going to give Nick Saban credit for wanting to get back to perhaps what college football was in 1995, which doesn't make him much dissimilar than most of the people that claim to like this sport, but I'm asking, what do you like about this sport if you wanted it to look like it did in 1995, I'm trying to push it into the future. But I can understand. That would put him into a group of 
the majority, quite honestly, that want to see, you know, Nebraska. When it was a world beater and couldn't nobody play with them. Or, I don't know, maybe Florida State. When they were a world beater and couldn't nobody play with them. Or Florida, right? <laughs> College football has never had parity. That's why this is funny, okay? It's never, ever, 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 ever had parity. The best teams have always been the best teams because this sport is built for apex predators. It is built for capitalists, real ones. They would love nothing more than to say, hey, look, forget scholarship limits. Let everybody in, okay? That means that Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Florida, Florida State, LSU, I can put about 20 teams in the category of saying Notre Dame, we can go get who we want to get because you're not going to stop us because we've been doing this. And the only time that we actually saw somebody try to get on the good foot, it wasn't by saying, hey, let's make the rules all the same. Let's put a budget restriction in. Let's make the engine slower. Let's limit the side pods. You see the F1? Keep this up because I'm going to keep making F1 references. Everybody's going to be on this train or not on this train, but I'm going to keep doing it. Anyway, the last time I saw somebody try to do that, you know what they were called? Houston. You know what happened to them? They didn't get to play on national TV for a full year, but they were still so damn good that Andre Ware won the Heisman without playing one game on television. You know what else had happened? Southern Methodists. They decided, hey, look, what if we just met the payroll? What if we told, oh, Eric Dickerson, take that car at AM, drive it all the way up to Southern Methodist. We got you, fam. We got you. Then they decided that they want to enforce the rules as they were. Get out of my face, man. Okay. This is also a man in Nick Saban who has never believed in parody. As a matter of fact, Nick Saban saying he wants parody is like the Empire rolling up with the Death Star and telling the moons, I'm tired of destroying all of you. Please. Nick Saban want parody is like a Targaryen saying it wishes it wasn't the only family with dragons. Okay? Nick Saban saying he wanted parody is like being a two-legged man against the one-legged man in that one contest. It's saying, I'm tired of winning. Nick Saban saying he wants parody is like FIFA saying, I'm tired of faux fum. It just don't work. This is a man who won a national championship at LSU, frankly, by putting together one of the great rosters of 2002 leading into 2003, okay, then left and decided to pursue a dream of being a professional head coach in the NFL. Stay with the Dolphins long enough to learn two things. One, never trust the doctor's opinion about Drew Brees' shoulder. Two, why am I in this sport where I'm allowed one first-round pick when I can go back to the other sport and get 25 every single year? And he chunked up the deuce and took his behind to Tuscaloosa, okay? In the words of the immortal Miss Terry, she said, we looked at Alabama and we saw another LSU, and I'll be doggone if they were not right, Okay? I'm trying to tell y'all, he left the NFL because it is too much of a socialist organization. They said, hey, if you are trash, we will give you the pick of the litter in the upcoming draft. To which Nick Saban looks and goes, how does that even make sense? Why would I go out of my way to try to win the Super Bowl if I'm going to be punished by getting bad football players? No, I want to win championships. 
and I want to win multiple championships. It's why we're talking about Nick Saban having won seven, seven, seven national championships and six in Alabama since 2009. Get out of my face, man. Parody? You don't want no parody. You just want to be able to keep your hands and everything, and I understand that. Doesn't make you any different than every other college football fan who's not me. I'm here for the chaos. I thrive in it, okay? You know, part of my story is looking at this landscape and going, nah, I can, I, can, I can work in this. Because when it all feels fair and the rules are all the same, yeah, okay, little dudes don't get to show out. But if you throw a wrench into those rules and you make it a little bit more difficult for the money folks to move around, guess what the nimble folks are going to do? We're going to come get you. That's why I'm telling y'all, watch your back. Houston joined the Big 12. That's why I'm telling y'all, watch your back. Central Florida joined the Big 12. That's why I'm telling y'all, watch your back. Brigham Young joined the Big 12. They're a Power 5 school now, which, by the way, is my awesome segue into this. This is a precursor to what the SEC will look like in three years. Think about this. Oklahoma and Texas decided they wanted to smoke. They wanted all to smoke. Now, we can get into the entertainment aspects of this and how this works out, TV deals, but that's for another show and that's for somebody else to do. But I am going to say, you're joining a league that one through 10 of its first 14 teams can all beat you, okay? Matter of fact, if you put Oklahoma or Texas into the SEC West as it is, one of them is going to finish the season with eight wins and try to tell everybody they're happy about it. That ain't the way that Oklahoma's been getting down. It's certainly not the way that Texas wants to get down because Texas ought to be what the Yankees or the Red Sox are at baseball or the Dodgers. You ought to be able to throw money at this, especially in the name, image, and likeness era. All they do is make MBAs out there, man. MBAs and, 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 and recruit, you know, us to play there. Matter of fact, under all of that, and I'll get into the SEC aspect here in a second, but I would be remiss if I didn't say, Jalen Milrow was kind enough to do this show before I even got a sniff from Fox. And I love Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow was all set to lead Katie Tompkins and end up at Texas. Turned out, and he said this on the tweets, he wasn't Mike Yersich's guy. Mike Yersich was offensive coordinator at Texas, not offensive coordinator at Penn State. Guess what Jalen Milrow is doing right now? Playing football at Alabama behind Bryce Young. Do you know how excited I would be if for whatever reason, Jalen Milrow gets an opportunity to go to work on Texas, which was the school that he wanted to go to in the first place? I'm so excited. I really want all this to happen. I can't tell you how excited I am about all of this. But I'm also excited for Texas to get a dose of what this SEC is about to be. Okay, I like to think of myself as a clear-eyed person about my football team, okay? My football team is the Oklahoma Sooners. I do not expect the Oklahoma Sooners to compete with Alabama and Georgia upon entry into the SEC unless something drastic changes, like, I don't know, you win a national championship in the next couple of years. Then, then we can talk about it. But right now, Mr. Parody is about to show you what you could do with your parody against Texas. Because he's hearing us talk. Just like he's heard everybody talk. 
for years about chasing him down. This the parody part of this is just ridiculous. But also, do you know what it would be like if Alabama manages to blow out Texas as many of you think that they will? And then Texas got to deal with that for the next year when they go to Tuscaloosa and then they got to play them in conference games every other year? Dog. You want to talk about some wrenched hands and consternation? Texas fans is not going to be happy. Mm-mm-mm. To which Texas fans going to be like, how can it be any worse than the last 10 years, RJ? And I'll be like, you got a point. I don't know what it's like to be Texas. I don't, I don't get skunked in NFL drafts. That's not, that's, I don't live that life. I have lived sustained excellence for the past 20 years. Texas, y'all was good in 05. Decent in 09. I feel free to tell me any time that y'all y'all had a oh sugar bowl right ten and four when Sam Ellinger said y'all were back before I said y'all were back. I'm saying if you are Texas Longhorns, throw everything you got at beating Alabama. Leave no stone unturned. If you got to make like the Iowa Hawkeyes. Back in the days of Hayden Fry and paint the visiting locker room pink. I don't care what you got to do. Find a way to give Mr. Parody some parody. Turn that into a ball game. Keep it to one score. And give yourself an opportunity to beat the man that everybody wants to beat. He is the lineal champion. To beat a man, you got to beat the man. And then you can make like my man's Ric Flair. Yeah, you know I got to do it. It's so hard for for me to sit back here in this studio. Listen to a guy out here hollering my name. When last year I spent more money on spilt liquor and barred from one side of this world to the other than you made. You talking to the Rolex wearing Diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo, Texas, that was free. That's probably as hype as I'm going to be about Texas until September 10th. So you're welcome for all of that. All right. So I want to get from Alabama, Texas, where I'm having just a hell of a good time, right? Into what I'm really excited about. All right, so start with this. We got some big booty news, y'all. That's right. That's right. We got some big booty news. Okay. Junior college quarterback out of Tyler, Texas, General Axel Booty, has committed to the University of Oklahoma. Please stand up and be proud. Of General Booty. Because look, along with the big booty news that happened last Saturday night, where we get General Booty, who I am henceforth going to probably refer to as Shake 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 every single time. Just call him Shake Shake Shake. And if you don't get it, then that's on you. But we'll, you'll, you'll get it by the end, I swear. Okay, so at Tyler Junior College, right? Let's get the measurables out the way. The general made like the gap band and dropped a bomb on him for 3,410 pass yards, 27 tutties for the booty, okay? In the 
this is a real bowl game, by the way. Tips, champs, and champs is C-H-A-M-P-S with a period after each one. Heart of Texas Commerce Bowl in, in Texas, in, in Commerce, Texas. He won MVP, completing 33 of 55 passes, 295 yards, in a 28-7 win for a team that still gets to be called the Apaches against Coffeeville. By the way, I've been to Coffeeville in Kansas. Ain't nothing there but the team playing football. It's a long time ago when I'm throwing uh, women in the air, catching them by their feet, you know, doing the cheerleading thing. But with those kinds of numbers at TJC, I can't wait to see what he looks like when he's got those great fat bottom boys in Norman blocking for him. Forget Rosie, okay? That's a whole lot of Roscoe's. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Look, like Diddy, Nelly, and Murphy Lee, I cannot wait to watch Booty shake a tail feather. Just going to be back there dancing in her pocket, moving around, grabbing my ears attention, just like an ugly baby called Denzel, where you just got to, that baby named what? Now, in as far as my man's name, General Booty, he told the Dallas Morning News this, obviously, my name's an attention grabber, and people like to do headlines with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you write on, on both accounts. But I like to show people with my play that I can back it up to. Juvenile, just. Okay. I have done that. I'm going to continue to do that as well. Give them a reason to remember my name. Hey, dog. You could be a man off the street and I remember your name. It's great that you are a top flight Juco product. Who, by the way, was doggone good at Allen. Played four high schools in four years. Showed out at Allen, right? Was really great before choosing Tyler Junior College. But this is also not happenstance. You might know the booty name if you're from the boot. Okay? If you are an original boot boy, you know the booties. You know the booties can get down on it. You know what I'm saying? Just drop back, pop it like it's hot. Just pop. Now, his granddaddy, General Booty's granddaddy, is Johnny Booty. Johnny Booty played his college ball at Mississippi State and Arkansas. And then he had three sons. Okay? Like Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. His uncle, that's you say, General Booty's uncle is Josh Booty, and he was a prep All-American, right, quarterback, 1993. Eventually became number five overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Talent, arm talent. General Booty's father, Abram Booty, see the father Abraham joke laid in there, played wide out at LSU, boot boy, and was briefly signed with the Cleveland Browns. His uncle is also, third uncle, John David Booty. Who everybody's like, yo, you mean the dude that was great before Matt Leinert was great? I do. I do. Right? John David Booty also ended up winning two Rose Bowls for the USC Trojans. And there is a great picture of General Booty sitting atop Pete Carroll's shoulder being shown around the Coliseum. Actually pretty cool. Right? Now, General Booty's mama's name is Amy. And she was kind enough to tell us a story about how 
General Booty, got his name. She told the Dallas Morning News, Abram, her husband, his father, really liked the military. And he liked the U.S. Army in particular. He liked it so much that he decided if he was going to have a son, he was going to name him General. And he told Amy this while they were dating. For women that I might have dated, might have been a red flag. Might have been like, you want to do what? No, not Miss Amy. Miss Amy said, I'm down with that. Why? Because his middle name's going to be Axel. And we'll just call him Axel. But General Booty, he wanted to be saluted. And I'm using that as a joke because they tried to call him Axel. And that boy would not answer to Axel. They said, General, he rose up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Man was meant to be general from the day he was named general. Now, there's an apocryphal story about Josh Booty playing at opposing minor league ballparks where apparently the PA announcer had the sort of sense of humor that I do, and they would play Miss New Booty by Bubba Sparks when he walked up, but it's apocryphal, right? Um, I, I doubt it happened because he played well before Bubba Sparks dropped Miss New Booty on us in 2006, the year of my graduation because, well, of course it was. So I thought about it this way. What would be the top five walk-up songs for General Booty at the Palace on the Prairie? And I have come up with five that you might absolutely love. Starting at number five, Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. Okay. This one is easy. I don't think you can handle this. I don't think they can handle this. If you haven't heard the song, it'll make sense. Go look it up. She's talking to Kelly and Michelle. It's a great song, right? It's a great album, quite honestly. Matter of fact, Destiny's Child is responsible for giving me the anthem soldier. Because whenever I just wanted to fill myself up and I have my G-Unit shirt on and I have my hat backwards and I have my little sidekick on and I have my dickies on my boots, I would have soldier playing in my little POS Oldsmobile Alero thinking I was somebody. Okay? Bugaboo. Also, love that song. But the one that really spoke to me is Bills, 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 because that was able, I was, I was coming to understand. Don't no woman want no broke man. Don't no woman want you to be running up her phone. Don't no woman want you to be using her car to go to work. Be a dude about it. Go get your own stuff. She put your man on game. She put, they, they put your man on game. But Bootylicious, that's, that's for me. That's for the people. Number four. On my list of top five walk-up songs for General Booty. Got to be Baby Got Back in number four. Got to be. Okay? Look, he throws that ball long and strong with wideouts who are down to get the friction on. It works. Sir makes a lot. You're the man. I love you for this. Look, go ahead. Tell a story on my mama. So... My mama went to a karaoke birthday party at her job when I was about nine years old. She took me and my little sister to the karaoke birthday party because she a black woman and she don't have no babysitter. So it's not that big deal. And everybody going through the karaoke songs and they said the kids should do one. Kids should do one. And I was like, I do one. RJ, what song do you know? Baby Got Back. My mama let me do Baby Got Back at karaoke bar in front of her friends from work. Love my mama for that. And as anybody who has worked on this show will tell you, I just be out here reciting stuff. Shakespeare, 
Betty got back. It's all it's all there, right? Okay, number three on the list. Got to go with Miss New Booty. Got to be with Bubba Sparks and Miss New Booty. The man's name is General Booty. But also, for those games, when he throws for 300 or more yards, we get booty, 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 rocket everywhere. Booty, 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 rocket everywhere. Rocket everywhere. Rock, rocket everywhere. So when the man goes for 300, hey, PA announcer, I got you, right? That's number three. Number two, a little out of the way here, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. If you are of a certain age, you understand because, well, the middle a man's middle name is Axel, right? And that is exactly what he will be to me, a sweet child of mine, should he lead Oklahoma to its first national championship in 20-plus years. Yeah. He's going to be the boy in that song for me, or the girl in that song for me. Sweet child of mine. Going to raise him up like we do Torrance Marshall when he came to get his boy's Heisman back. I still get teary when I watch it. I mean, that's coin flip. Came to get my boy's Heisman back. You, you want me to run through walls for you? Have the Juco linebacker out there saying that he came to get the quarterback's Heisman back from the Heisman Trophy winner before they play the game that decides the national championship, and then go win that mug. Sweet child of mine. Okay. Number one on the list. Shake your booty. That's right. KC and the Sunshine Band. Down with it, baby. So my daddy is as cool as my mama is, which is to say that in my daddy's car, he's listening to Michael Jackson, or he's listening to Parliament, or he's listening to Lakeside. And from time to time, the Ohio players. And then we have Casey and the Sunshine Band. I'd be like, Pop, what am I missing here? And then he put on Shake, Shake, Shake. Shake, Shake, Shake. Shake your booty. Shake your booty. Yes, because this one works. Because, yes, the man's name is General Booty. Okay? And when he is moving around, making it happen, Leading Oklahoma to wins, yes, your man is going to have shake, shake, shake going on all throughout the house. What I'm saying is, once again, I cannot wait to see Booty shake a tail feather at the University of Oklahoma. If it sounds like I'm having a damn good time today, it's because I'm having a damn, damn good time today. Like, this is just content gods. Thank you. I love y'all so much. You're just you're smiling on your boy right now. You know, I'm glowing. It's like the yellow. It's all working for me right now. All right. Let us transition from General Booty, sad as that is, to something as juicy, right? So I told you last week, three-part series, we're going to have impact transfer candidates who could be the most impactful transfer of 2022. I gave you what I thought were the obvious candidates. Now we are moving in to the slept-on candidates, okay? So let me roll through these right quick. Top of the list, Notre Dame safety, Brandon Joseph, okay? I got to meet Brandon at the Big Ten Media Days last year when he was repping Northwestern. He's coming off of a year that year where he was an All-American cornerback, right? Safety prospect, period, at a place that just put out Greg Newsom, among others. And now he is transferring to the spot where Kyle Hamilton was a monster. I suspect... Our man, your man, my man, Marcus, is going to have that man playing center field 
for the Fighting Irish. I'm very excited about this because they're going to go from having an actual pterodactyl and Kyle Hamilton, who's literally going from one hash mark to the sideline to pick people off, right, to another actual pterodactyl who's going from one hash mark to a sideline to pick people off. Brandon Joseph can play. Okay, next on the list, Florida State defensive end Jared Verse, who's stomping on people at Albany. I'm really excited to see him coming off the edge. We know what Jermaine Johnson was at Florida State. This is their heir apparent to that, okay? Next on the list, Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward. Uh, Cam's coming from Incarnate Word where he was lighting people up. But again, another FCS to FBS transfer that I thought think is going to be pretty doggone good. Okay. Settle for a little bit. I'm a man at Alabama. That would be Eli Ricks. Okay. I first met Eli when he was at the star for the opening final in 2018. He was one of just a handful of underclassmen that were invited to this showcase for rising seniors. And he was already full-grown at 6'2 then, just absolutely going at people. This is at a time when Spencer Rattler, Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, R.J. Henderson, and Jason McClellan were running things on a 7-on-7. Seven, seven seven. And Eli was matching up and going after him. This is also at a group where Kayvon Thibodeau is coming off the line, destroying people. Nolan Smith is coming off the line, destroying people. Chris Steele is talking his noise playing cornerback and wide receiver. I had such a good time at the star in Frisco for the opening final. And Eli has been that guy ever since. Coming out of modern day, ends up picking LSU. I was really looking forward to him on one side and my man Derek Stingley Jr. on the other. It wasn't to be. He has since transferred to Alabama where he's going to want all the smoke that is Isaiah Nair, Xavier Worthy, maybe Jordan Addison, perhaps even a B. John Robinson if they're bold enough to split him out. And of course, Jaleel Billingsley, if they put him on the numbers, he wants that smoke. Now, he's got some work to do, got himself in a little bit of trouble. Maybe it holds him up, maybe it doesn't. But they need somebody that can really fill that space that is left by Josh Job because on the other side, Kool-Aid McKinstry was getting stirred, okay? I watched that boy get his grits cooked against Cincinnati, and it didn't look like it was too much better against Georgia and that wide receiving group. He might get picked on, especially if Eli turns out to be that dude on the outside. You might actually move a Malachi over there, right? Malachi Moore moves out there. I'd be fine with that, too. What I'm saying is Eli's going to make you better. Going to let you move around. Might even play both sides, right? Might not just be a boundary of field dude. We'll see what happens. Okay. Next on the list for me, got to be Travis Dye at USC. I think he slept on because we know so much about the wide receiver group out there and because not a lot of people were paying attention to Oregon after, you know, they lost to Utah, such as it is. But he was outstanding for them. We had over 1,200 yards rushing. And I think he's going to be outstanding at USC if they get the offensive line situation figured out, which is a big if. Okay. Now, back to Alabama, where I need to talk about my man's Jaleel Billingsley one more again. There aren't that many tight ends that are great coming out of high school. So much so that you remember their names when they appear. 2020, right? Eric Gilbert, who I still think is going to be a monster. For him, Darnell Washington. For him, Austin Stogner. And then you got to go back to like O.J. Howard. Like tight ends just kind of come out. Like Mark Andrews was a wide receiver that they moved over to tight end. He wasn't a tight end when he got to Oklahoma. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Wide receivers usually come and move in, right? And then you'll 
basically get some found money every now and again if you go to Alabama or Georgia where they seem to have the franchise on these dudes, which is kind of my point. So for Jaleel Billingsley to be the tight end that is the caliber of O.J. Howard is one thing. It is quite another for him to be returning kickoffs on a team where Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell exist, breathe air. Now, Jalen was injured for most of the 2020 season, but that don't mean you couldn't have dropped him back there in the national championship game when it mattered most. Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy at wide receiver and was returning kicks even a couple years before that. You still got Jaleel Billingsley back there running back the ball. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a story that Coach Switcher likes to tell, right, about our man Keith, Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson was a tight end on a wishbone team, which is a glorified offensive lineman to everybody else. But he was so doggone talented and good that he used to beg Barry Switcher to let him return punts so he could touch the ball. And Barry gave in. And you know what? Keith was a man back there. A tight end returning punts. That is what Jaleel Billingsley reminds me of. I hope they let him return kicks out at, uh, at Texas. I really do. I just want to see it. I want y'all to see six foot four, 240, running at you full speed with sub four five speed. Like I just, uh, that, that lights me up, right? And then you're going to have him matching up over linebackers? Good luck. All right. Moving from Jaleel to South Carolina tight end Austin Stogner. I think him and Jaheim going to be pretty good. You always got that connection with Spencer and Austin. I think it's going to pay dividends in the SEC East. They outperformed my expectations last year under Shane Beamer. No reason why they couldn't do it again, especially when you're adding those two kinds of players there. Next on the list, going to Arkansas, wide receiver. That would be Jaden Hazelwood. The reason I'm highlighting Hazelwood here is because Traylon Burks, you know, was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Matter of fact, you felt so good about Traylon Burks out of Arkansas that you let A.J. Brown go to Philadelphia means something to me, okay? Jane Hazelwood was that dude coming out of high school. The way that we talk about Emeka Egbuka, the way that we talk about perhaps even, we didn't talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba the way that we talked about Emeka Egbuka or Julian Fleming. That's how we talked about Jane Hazelwood. So now it's just reaching his expectation, which is being the number one player at wide receiver in 2019 class. I expect him to fill that void left by Traylon Burks and be K.J. Jefferson's favorite target on the outside. He has the talent to do that. And I think in that offense where they're going to try to run fast, go warp speed, and put the ball in their playmakers' hands, I expect Kendall Bryles to figure it out and figure out really great opportunities for Jaden Hazelwood to touch the ball all over the yard. Okay, from Jaden Hazelwood, we move to another former Oklahoma wide receiver. That be USC wideout Mario Williams. Pretty doggone good with Caleb Williams, right? It was a great tandem, so much so that they want to keep playing with each other. I think they're going to have a great rapport, at least to start the season, then we'll see. But it's not as if USC lacks wide receivers. It's kind of why I was like, you're going after Jordan Addison? Why don't you just, why, you need offensive linemen. You don't need more wide receivers. But again, if Jordan Addison wants to come play for you, you're not going to tell him no. And then last on the list, LSU defensive end, Makai Wingo, coming from Missouri, where he was outstanding. I expect him to be pretty doggone good in that defense especially in Brian Kelly's first year where he wants to run the ball and play defense whenever possible, okay? All right, those are my slept-on candidates for most impactful transfer of 2022. Next week, we will complete this series with the super slept-on candidates for 2022, some dudes that you probably didn't even know or think about, but I will give you the faux one one on what to expect from them. This has been an amazing off-season show. I've had so much fun today. 
My thanks to executive producer Catherine Donnelly, to our associate producer Tyler Wojak, to our social media maven Javion Duncan, to our lead of screening Rachel Cohen, to our director John Marcus, and to you for watching and listening to this show that I enjoy making so much. That is it for me. Deuces.